Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Today, we are returning to a series we've only heard once before, The Key. It is a program full of mystery, both in its content and its origins. We know it's from Australia and that 32 episodes survived, all of which were originally broadcast, we believe, in 1956. And although I haven't checked all 32 recordings, it seems as though each episode begins with the opening of a door, ends with a door closing, and features some kind of key as a vital plot point. An ad for the key appeared on December 11, 1957 in the Australian Broadcasting Commission Weekly, which said that the Sydney station 2UW presents The Key by James Workman. 30 minutes of thrills, action, and suspense. James Workman was born on February 2, 1912 in Scotland. He was educated in England and trained as a naval cadet. After three years as a member of the London Metropolitan Police, he joined the Wits Rifles, an infantry regiment of the South African Army. It was while he was in South Africa that his interests apparently changed. He joined a touring theater group and eventually went to work for the South African Broadcasting Commission as an announcer, scriptwriter, and producer. He moved to Australia and, in addition to his continued work in radio, made a name for himself as a pulp writer, authoring 23 novels for Horwitz Publishing. Workman passed away on March 28, 2001, in Sydney. While the series itself remains a mystery, today we are going to unlock another sample of their work. And just to warn our listeners, the sound quality isn't great on this recording. But somehow, it just adds to the enigma. This is Showgirl Murdered. From the series The Key, first broadcast sometime in 1956, probably. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Behind every unopened door, there is a mystery. And the opening of this door introduces us to another in the series, the key. Uh, 
There's our juice. That's what you're going to lovely surprise. <laughs> well, come back in here. It's like a Turkish bath in there. You can sit down and read something while I have my bath. It won't be long. Oh, and guess what? Well, just have a guess. Go on. Well, I bet you can guess anyway, so I'll tell you. A.B. rang me, you know? A.B., my agent? Well, he rang me, and he's got me a honey of a part in the Saul Cameron's new show. <laughs> and guess what I'm going to be? That doll lady could die yet. <laughs> Imagine, me, all hair and a horse. Well, what's the matter? I think it's terrific. I thought you'd be keen on it, too. Why don't you say something? What's the matter? Can I got your tongue? You. Look at the quilt. Hey. Samson? Yes? Halliday, Special Division, Homicide. This is Sergeant Brand. Uh, you're here about Martha? Mm-hmm. Mind if we come in? Not at all. I've been expecting you. I stayed at home today because I thought you'd want to see me. Mm-hmm. Sit down, Lieutenant. Sergeant? Thanks. Been living here in this block long, Mr. Samson? Five years. Uh, nearly five years, that is. I came here in... Five, 19... What's your work? I'm in the film business. Editor. I work for Vision Incorporated. Good job? Sure. I've got no complaints. Mm -hmm. You uh, knew Martha Wills pretty well? Uh, you must know the answer to that already, otherwise you wouldn't be down here. All the same, you tell me, though. Sure. Yes, I knew her well. I started knowing her well mm, three years ago. That's just after she came here to live in this block. Three years? Had you thought of getting married in that time? To her? Yeah, sure. I asked her to marry me. Once. She turned me down flat, and although I was sore about it at the time, I was glad later. Why? Well, Martha was cute. She had all the looks, but not much on top. I guess I was carried away by the face and figure when I popped the question, but later, oh, you know, the cold light of dawn routine. But you were still friendly with her? Sure, why not? I used to see her every so often. It suited her, it suited me. So How often? A couple of times a week, maybe. That is, until recently. She got some other guy in tow, and she started to ease me out, but I didn't mind. When was the last time you saw her? Maybe, uh, three, four weeks ago. Not last night? Hmm? You haven't got any idea of pinning her death on me, have you? I just asked you whether you saw her last night. No, I didn't, and I object to this. I'm no murderer. This yours, Mr. Sampson? 
Hey, who gave you the right to go to my car and get... Get your car? Sure. I always keep my driving license in the glove box so it'll be around when I need it. You admit, then, that this is your driving license? It's got my name on it, hasn't it? Can't be anybody else's. But before you went poking around in my car, you should have shown me you had a search warrant. I know my law well enough. You're supposed... This wasn't found in your car. Hmm? You found it near Martha Will's bath. What? Ah, oh, you're kidding me. Not this time, Mr. Sampson. It was too sudden where some of the water slopped over the bath down to it. I, uh, think you'd better come down to headquarters with it. Would you be easy? Mr. Sanson, I'm here to help you. Okay, okay, but for the love of my, stop telling me to be easy about it. I'm sorry. Well, obviously you intend to stick to the story that you're innocent. Of course I'm innocent. Look, just what sort of a lawyer are you? Why are you trying to make me confess all the time? Confess to something that I didn't do? Are they paying you the cops? Are you working for them or for me? For you, naturally. Well, in my book, it doesn't look like it. I'm just trying to get the complete truth from you, Mr. Sampson. I must have the whole truth if I'm to handle your case properly. You've got the whole truth. I can't be any more truthful than I've been already. All right. We'll leave it at that. You still don't believe me. What sort of a crummy lump are you, Blake? What do you want me to do? Well, what the heck else can I do? Nothing. If you've given me all the facts. Oh, great day. Okay, boy, you go ahead and help me on my way to that little room. I guess you'll help them get everything over and done with quickly anyway. You can always get another lawyer, Mr. Sampson, if you're not satisfied. Um, I'm, I'm just too nervy to talk today. The time is set for tomorrow, of course you... I think I've forgotten that. Go on, Peter. Well, maybe I'll be better by tomorrow once the trial's underway, but once all this waiting is over, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Today, I must say. I'm all right. Why all this wait now? Oh, I'll be patient. Patient? Oh, Mr. Blake, you kill me, boy. You really kill me. <coughs> Why do they have to let all these goons into the place? Look at them back there. The public. They think this was a three-ring circus. Oh, I don't let them worry you. Just ignore them. <laughs> well, maybe this is better than a seat at the movies. This is... Flesh and blood, there's always something about flesh and blood, don't you think? That that intimacy between audience and performer? Ah, they're a pack of creeps. Oh, they can't be kept out. If they want to come in, well, it's a public courtroom. <laughs> Who's that guy over there? The prosecutor. Mm, that's the big wheel, huh? 
Who is he? I've seen his face before. Marvin Clark. Marvin Clark. Uh-uh. What's the matter now? No, I was just thinking... He's the guy who hasn't lost a case yet. Right. Well, there was a first time for everyone? He looks kind of sure of himself. He generally does. But don't let that worry you either. You're just one great, big, happy, walking tranquilizer pill, aren't you? And what else needn't I worry about? Should I ignore the verdict, too? When the judge tells me they're going to shoot a few thousand volts through me, should I break into a broad grin about that? If you are innocent, the prospect of a verdict shouldn't worry you. Who do you think you're trying to fool, Blake? What does it matter in this place if I'm innocent or not? Everything's stacked against me, even you. That's nonsense. You say. When am I going to start? When will I get off their fat ass? He's going to punish me enough that I have to lay it on even more? Please, Mr. Sanson. Silence in the court. Silence in the court. Well, your waiting's over now. This is it. Let's see where we go from here. like a murderer to me. Hmm? Fred? Hmm? I said he doesn't look like a murderer to me. He doesn't. Well, this Mark Sampson they've got in for the murder of that girl. What girl? The beautiful blonde drowned in the bath girl. That's who. Don't you follow your papers? Not murderers. It's not the back tonight. What happened to all of my music is on a book. Oh, aren't you ever interested in anything that's happening? Can't you ever get your nose out of those books? Well, you should read this. Good. Gracie may be here and there, but good. There's <laughs> a blonde and this thing to do with a spot of Duncan in the bath, I can tell you. Yeah. No. Well, if I was this judge, I'd let this Samson man off. I really would. He's got too nice a smile to be a murderer. Hmm? Anyway, it's probably good riddance that someone threw her in the bath. From the evidence they've been printing, she was just a hussy, that's all. All those men in her life. Yeah, I thought it was exciting and lots of fun. But look what it brought her. It's always the trouble with women who try to get some excitement out of life. They always end up getting the worst of it. And in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, in conclusion... This has been a long and tiring trial. For nearly two weeks now, you've heard evidence dragging on and on. You've heard the testimonies of witnesses, denials, admissions. You've heard enough courtroom oratory to confuse even the most astute legal brain. But one thing remains clear, and I would point it out to you again in a brief summary. A... The accused driving license was found in that bathroom. It has been established beyond any doubt by the police scientific department that water was dropped onto it at the time of the murder. B. The accused has no alibi at all to account for his movements on the night of the murder. He says he stayed in his apartment by himself and watched television. 
Well, that's what he says. See, from the evidence given, we have seen that the accused had a motive of jealousy in regard to the killing. He objected to the deceased seeing these other men and ignoring him. And in a fit of passion, he decided on this drastic course of murder. There is only one verdict you can bring in, ladies and gentlemen. Guilty. Guilty of murder in the first degree. This ends the case for the prosecution. Uh, counsel for the defense. The defense rests, Your Honor. Blake! What else can be said? We summed up our case. It'll only be a case of reiteration. You're going to let that jury go up there remembering those words? I tell you, there's nothing more we can do. Our case is just as convincing as the prosecution. That's not good enough for me. Wait a minute, I've got something to say. Sit down, Samson, please sit down. You'll only spoil everything we built up. You built up nothing. Listen to me, I'm innocent of this charge. Do you hear? I didn't kill her. Silence. The accused will sit down and remain seated. But you must listen! Your Honor, I must apologize to my client. His nerves are shot to pieces. Well, do you wonder? Put yourself in my place, any of you in this courtroom. Silence! Hanson, you fool, this is the way you'll get to the chair. Now, shut up. You mustn't believe Clark, please, you mustn't. The accused <laughs> will be removed from this courtroom. <laughs> Out of the way, bud. Let's get a shot of this. What's <laughs> mister? Hey, you, Samson. Look up. Let's see your face. Oh, yeah. Leave the poor devil alone. Come on, Samson. You have to leave the court. Take my arm now. Come on. You'll be all right. We'll get you to another room and you'll feel much better. Yes? They're waiting in the court, Mr. Blake. Can you come back inside now? Mark? Mark, you have to go back inside now. Mark? Yeah, I heard. Okay. Come on, stand up. Sure. Boy, whatever they've decided... Don't talk to me anymore. You've talked enough. There's been too much talking all around. Let's go. Use the rise and face jury. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, have you reached your verdict? We have, Your Honor. How do you find the accused? We you find the accused guilty <laughs> of murder in the first degree. <laughs> help him! Help him there! He's passed out! Just been wondering how you can. Oh, no. Thought you were over all this nonsense. <laughs> Poor old Emily. You should never let my business affect your personal life so much. Or your appetite. I'll have a little more meat, I think. As long as you have to do this sort of business and influence juries to bring in verdicts of guilty, you'll tear my stomach. You're a fool, Emily. Nothing more than that. A weak fool. Samson was guilty. As regards the verdict, well, I didn't make it. The jury did. You made up your mind for them. You always do. Oh, that's an idiotic thing to say. You're implying that the jury on the Samson case had no right to be on the stand. Who has any right to decide another human being will die? He decided to kill one. And he said that he should be punished appropriately. There must be a balance, you know. 
And the old eye-for-an-eye, tooth-for-tooth principle is a very good one. It stood the test of time. Yes, Marvin? And don't start on that tone again. You had me sent at all, you'd agree with me. Now, may I have the meat, please? Sorry. When is the execution to take place? Um, a week from now. A week? Poor devil. You dispense your sympathy in the most unusual directions. Do you think he was guilty, Marvin? Do you really think that? The law says he is. I'm not worried about the law. I'm asking you what you think personally. Very well, then. Personally, I don't think he's guilty. I thought so. Then why did you work so hard to get him convicted? Because it's my duty. It's my job. And you still wonder why this sort of thing turns my stomach? Now, listen to me. There have to be prosecutors as there have to be defense counsels. Just as there have to be murderers. It's all most unfortunate. But as long as human nature is built the way it is, we'll see all three. Oh, really, you're a very dull woman, Emily. You must be logical about these things. If I became emotionally affected about every case I won... Emily, but... don't. Might make you a little more human. If I'm so inhuman, if I disgust you so much, you know the cost to take. Can you ruin our children's lives? No. I'll still stick it out because of them, Marvin. I won't divorce you. Then you'll stop talking so much nonsense in that case. Don't you? Can't you feel anything at all when you hear that sentence? And, and when the day comes, when it's time for him to press down that switch, can't you feel anything then? I just asked you to stop talking nonsense. Oh, dear heaven. The only thing I feel, Emily, is disappointment in you. I've no doubt under the circumstances. You've created it. Have I? There are plenty of women who'd give the world to be in your place. I'm successful. I'll be even more so in the years ahead. I'm not at the top yet, you know. There are a few positions above this that I'll be taking before I'm through. You only had more sense when I was younger. Yes, you wouldn't have married me. Oh, that's always a great old favorite, isn't it? But the trouble is you've never had any sense. You never will. If the question, then why did you marry me, is forming in your mind once more, let me save you asking it. I married you because you're a suitable decoration for my position. Now, anything more? I'm going to my room. Good night, my dear. Miss Blackshirt, there's nothing else you want to say, Mark. Well, Father, I said everything. Yes, it's hard for me to say this, my boy. A little time left now. Tomorrow morning. I've still said everything I had to say. You know, Mark, you'll have a higher court to face soon. It'll be easier to face if your confession is complete on earth. Please, please go away. I'm sorry. Perhaps I should leave you now. I'll be here again tomorrow morning. Father! Father Burke! Yes? Forgive me. Will you please come back here? Sure. Father, give me the Bible. What? Now do you see what I'm doing? I'm holding it in my hand. I'll have to face everything this book stands for soon. Knowing that, I'd hardly lie now, would I? Well, what point is there in lying one way or the other? It wouldn't do me any good now. But look, Father. I swear on this book that I did not kill that girl. I swear it. Well, maybe you can pray for me, Father. That, that might help. I believe you, Mark. I believe you now. I'll see what I can do straight away. Father. Samson? 
Some good news for you. The phone message has just come through from the governor. Some new evidence has come to light. He'll be granted a reprieve. One week. Yes, Lieutenant Halliday, you wanted to see me. Sorry for the intrusion, Mr. Clark, but I wanted you to know we just unearthed some new evidence on the Samson case. What? Just by sheer chance. I got on the job straight away. They granted Samson a reprieve. Oh. Well, he's a lucky fellow. Uh huh. By the way, I wanted to return these, too. You left them in my office this afternoon. Oh, my goodness. So there they are. Well, thank you, Lieutenant. I was wondering what on earth had happened to them. Yes, I thought they were yours, sir. Hmm? I'll take them back now, if you don't mind. Grant, Harlan, in here. Why, why, what is this? It's all to do with a key, Mr. Clark. This one, remember it? Wait. Yes, I see you do. Unusual design, isn't it? I couldn't help noticing it when I saw your keys lying on my table. I'd have thought a man of your training would have removed such a valuable clue. Why, what's so strange about that key? It's, uh, it's unusual design. I it's unusual it. enough to be a duplicate key to the front door of Martha Will's apartment. Oh, you should have a key to her place, isn't it? Well, I, I can explain. I hope it. you can. Oh, and uh, someone has just remembered seeing you nosing around Samson's car on the night of the murder. I guess that's when you got his driving license. Also, someone remembered seeing a gray-haired man leaving the apartment block that night. They didn't take any particular notice of you at the time, but one little thing stuck in their mind. It was a hot, dry night, and the front of your suit was splashed with water, as though you'd been in the rain or something. There's plenty more on top of this, but I think we'll talk about that back at headquarters. Come on. And, of course, Clark was working on the old principle that once the case was closed by your execution, it couldn't be opened again. It was a perfect crime, so he thought... Out of his position, no one would suspect him. Well, you can see the way his mind worked. Mm. The martyr had found out who he was, and he was afraid the time would come when blackmail would enter the picture. Exactly. Blackmail would never have entered Martha's head. Well, it's all over now, Mark. Clark will get what he deserves, and you'll get the same. Compensation and freedom. You have the freedom now. Not quite. Huh? When the guard opens this door in the gate and lets me through, then I'll have it. <laughs> Good luck, my boy. Closing door finishes the story. Next week, another key will open another door to another story. Mystery. Romance. Or adventure. All start when a door is unlocked by... The Key. That was Showgirl Murdered from The Key here in the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. Tim picked that one for us. I did. And uh, why? Um, that, that wasn't supposed to sound as accusatory as I meant. Oh, no. No, no, I understand. Uh, do, do you remember the, the previous episode of the, the oh, key we listened to, The Ghost? Hell no. It's... With the puzzle master. Oh, who just that gives one. Up. Yeah, that one. yeah. That was terrible. contender for the worst of the year. Yes, yes, yes. I was curious to go back because I sort of am fascinated by the conceit of these uh, scripts of door opens, there's a key, door closes. This one jumped out at me for, I can, I can let you guys vent your spleens here in just a second, but I know that collectively this whole thing is not good. 
<laughs> but the individual scenes, just like this two minutes to this two minutes, are fascinating and amazing to me. And I'll, I'll dive into those details here in just a second, but I'll let you guys have your... So favorite. it had, for you, it was not great overall, but had moments, right? And, and that you found super interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the opening scene uh, of her uh, getting into the bath is the audio version of, and I don't know that either of you will know what I'm talking about here, the Black Glove Killer movies from Dario Argento. Don't know any of those words in that order. Yeah. Uh, it's a sort of genre Italian horror film that is shot from the perspective of the killer. You just see these two sort of black gloves in the frame. right? Uh, and it creates the, these sort of scenes of suspense and horror where the actual killer is just sort of a blank spot. It's just missing from the scene. And it mm-hmm. created that exact vibe for me. And I was like, did 16-year-old Dario Argento listen to this and it was the <laughs> right. same thing and use it to make movies with? And even if, like, that's just a lot of stretching on my part, which it clearly is, <laughs> uh, that type of scene, it, it just, I don't know that it exists other places in radio. Maybe I don't, don't just don't know about it, but it's it was so striking and unique to me. And I have a comment about that opening scene. I was really glad she was murdered so I didn't have to listen to her <laughs> voice anymore. I couldn't, first of all, the recording's not great, so that doesn't help. Yeah. But I, that pitch in her voice hit somewhere in my 57-year-old eardrum that, like, only dolphins could hear her. I could no, not. the muddy recording made her almost incomprehensible. I could not figure. And then she got killed and I went, you know what? I don't really need to know what happened. She got murdered, so I didn't go back and listen because I, I didn't want to. You right? got the important details. Yeah, yeah, she's dead. And good, I don't have to hear that voice. Get in a bath. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't know until right now she was in a bath. <laughs> important plot point. Yeah, that is a important <laughs> plot point. That's how the license got wet, which proves he's a murderer. I know, I'm so fascinated by the, the forensic scientist who can prove yeah. like this driver's license yeah. was moistened by this bath. Yeah, the circumstantial evidence is just, that's all there is in this case. In general... I wasn't uh, upset by this. I wasn't like, oh, God, this is terrible, other than her voice at the beginning. <laughs> and uh, I actually, now I'm finding out that it was that same one that did that horrible Puzzle Master one. i shocked at how much better this is than that. <laughs> I thought it was great. I really did. And the fact that it was, again, I think last week we did the Barbara Stanwyck suspense, correct? Mm-hmm. And. This followed the same pattern for me of, I know who's guilty, right? Yeah. Like, I figured that out. I really love it when I do that and I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But I figured the defense attorney was... The prosecutor. The prosecutor, excuse me. The prosecutor was the guy. But it didn't take away from the fun of finding out, them finding out that he did it mm-hmm. and the mistakes he made. I actually found this to be pretty good. Oh, that's... A- <laughs> I did. I, I didn't mind it. Oh, here we go. No, no. <laughs> Raised eyebrow. Take it away. No, I do want to recognize what Tim said, is that there are one or two really interesting scenes in here. And I do think the scene you already noted, the one-sided murder conversation. Yes. <laughs> uh, so immediately I knew the killer was Bob Newhart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But then to Eric's point, it is an interesting companion piece to last week's episode, Wages of Sin, 
I'm assuming you didn't listen to Wages of Sin and pick this for that reason. No, no, no. no. All serendipity. Uh, that's Tim's middle name. <laughs> All Tim's serendipity. <laughs> yep. Um, but it's interesting to me that Martha is a generic, powerless, not even a character, but a inciting incident in the story, right? We're supposed to care about not the murdered woman, but the... Kind of man, wrongly the, accused, the, the man. bad boyfriend who is wrongly accused. Uh, that's who we care about, and so I entered it going, yeah, it's that kind of story. That's interesting because that's what Wages of Sin is trying to um, rebut. Rebut, yes, yeah. I think that's a good word. But then we got to, I think, the most interesting scene in this whole episode, which is where we just get to listen in on what appears to be a random couple, yeah, discussing the news. And uh, we have a, a really dismissive, misogynist guy who's clearly reading pulp oh magazines. He's like, I know some blondes that could use some Duncan. Um, and he's, he's just awful. But then uh, we have... It is. That, that woman is so fascinating in judging this, you know, this floozy. He goes out and has adventures and really just looks after herself and... <laughs> I'm going to leave this radio show right now. Exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, she seems so harsh. She talks about, well, he can't be guilty. His his smile is too nice. So not only harsh, but also shallow. And then she gets so wistful with that last line. It's always the trouble with women who try to get some excitement out of life. They always end up getting the worst of it. And then what's interesting is the, is the episode just goes on to go, yep. <laughs> right. So it, it makes this... Powerful statement, and then moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, as I was listening to it the first time, and then like, okay, there's that weird black glove killer, which I don't If you ever see a Dario Gento, like Bird with Crystal Plumage, really good movie. And then it jumps to what I have to assume, this is just straight up dragnet parody or pastiche of the this short clipped police, a lot of sort of mundane chat going on. Of like, why is it like this? Okay, and then it's defense attorney. Like the word, like it's just each scene seems round robin. Of this is not part of everything else. This is not complaints. This is the part that really appealed to me. Of this is crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was never boring. Um, I don't think it's good. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, but it was not boring because I kept thinking, oh, okay, it's this. And I wasn't too excited about what this is, with the exception of the one scene I already mentioned. Um, and then the next scene would start, and you'd be like, no, it isn't that. <laughs> oh, is it, yeah, it is. <laughs> is it this? <laughs> the world's worst defense attorney was funny. <laughs> just he was clearly about, so appointed. Oh, yeah, the public's got to get... Oh, it's just to see you in person, your flesh and blood up there. <laughs> what sort of attorney are you? Yeah, he's like, are you sure you're not guilty? <laughs> <laughs> Smile more. <laughs> smile doesn't look guilty. There was something appealing to me who loves some pretty straightforward police procedural into the courtroom scene. You know, I, I love Law and Order. I love the, hey, this is a crime and we got this guy and the twist of, oh, it's the prosecutor or the defense attorney. Prosecutor. Prosecutor, sorry. Defense attorney is also bad. Yeah. Not a murderer. Right. The prosecuting attorney is the murderer. It seemed like a really interesting episode of Law and Order to me. And uh, nothing groundbreaking, but it, it sure held my interest. I liked it. And that weird conversation between him and his wife. It's like, you're awful. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's terrible. Like, what did he call her? Uh, uh, you just look good on my arm. Or you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But something along those lines. Decorative. You're, you're a decoration piece for my my status in this world, or whatever. I think I'm land in an opposite area of Eric, where I thought all the lawyer and cop stuff was just boring and stupid. <laughs> and then Don't. it became really fascinating when we got these peeks into the stranger's life or this sure. incredibly awful, awkward dinner with the prosecutor and his wife. In yeah. which he uses the word meat very strangely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. Uh, now, when I'm at a dinner table, I don't <laughs> eat a lot me of meat. the meat. Uh, yeah, I would refer to it, you know, the, the animal name. Yeah. Is it, <laughs> the pass pork me chops. The chicken or, or whatever prepared form the it long takes. Pig. The long The meat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not like, give me more meat, woman. <laughs> that, that's so fascinating because I also got hung up on that for about 20 seconds. Why don't you just say pork chop? Yeah. And then I moved on and then I forgot about it until so he brought it up. But that is... I mean, it Super could suggest weird. that he just does not know what it is he's eating. Yes, <laughs> he's trying to be polite. Meat I'll have product. More of what I presume is meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with food. Well, that's the, the the big word now is. Do you want some protein with that? Oh yes. mm-hmm. yeah, please and, pass the protein. And like, mm, I don't know. About do you want that. some protein with that? What do you? Oh, you mean like chicken or beef or something? <laughs> like, say that. Want some protein with well, that? Because they also mean tofu yes. or peanut uh, butter. <laughs> yes, or protein bar, peanut butter, cheese, uh, some sort of protein. <laughs> There's also back to Tim's point about each scene starts seems to start something else. There's the completely pointless, almost final scene where Samson is talking to who I assume is the prison chaplain mm-hmm. who's trying to get him to confess, and he says, no, I'm innocent. Here, I, I swear in the Bible, I'm innocent. And then the chaplain's like, oh, if you <laughs> no. swore in the Bible, I'm an, I have connections. I, I'm a prison chaplain. And he leaves to go try to get him a, a reprieve, but immediately someone else comes in and says, I've <laughs> yeah. got that reprieve. Like that scene was so in my head, absolutely pointless. No, in my head, I'll take care of this. And walked outside and in four seconds took care of it. There's a guy there and he said, guy's innocent. And I'm going, okay. No, At it's first not. What I happened. thought it was supposed to be a like time elapsed, thing. <laughs> but then it's clearly by the next scene. No, there's this whole other yeah. issue where sudden, suddenly someone realized, you know, that license could have been there already, and someone could have dripped water on it during the murder. <laughs> I know. It's such a terrible case. It's not a slam dunk case. Yes, that that scene also delights me, and it's idiocy. Not idiocy. It's just like why? Uh, um, I'd say idiocy. <laughs> But of, like, you knew I was in the court, right? I swore in a Bible, like, every day. Yeah. <laughs> not this Bible. Yeah. Ev- right. Ev- not my lucky Bible. <laughs> lucky like, Bible. Every guilty person in a trial swears on a Bible at one point. It's <laughs> right. Just, it's, not, it's not Wonder Woman's magic lasso. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, it's a weird way to get someone to listen to him as a plot device as a writing you know like okay he's at wit's end how does he get someone to hear him and it's weak it's a weak thing to do uh writing wise but then also you know as joshua pointed out to not explore that and just it feels like oh oh there's four minutes left and you're so right joshua a simple organ sting would have given us passage of time 
And yeah, you're gonna write and, that scene. Let it be the um, the priest that does priest. it. But it's not the priest. It's the cops. They they are bizarro cops. They're like, <laughs> now that we've solved the case, let's investigate it properly. <laughs> right. It, it makes no sense because then the police work he describes to the prosecutor it's like good you should have done oh you mean you went around and interviewed witnesses who <laughs> saw you there this army of witnesses that have suddenly manifested who saw um, you covered in bath water i hate when this happens like oh that was pretty good and five minutes into this conversation oh no right this is terrible what was i, I mean, listening all the, to all that you saying could, i really enjoyed it there are a lot of things that are terrible that i greatly enjoy <laughs> i didn't look at it too deeply i think i just kind of surface level listen went oh there you go and i listened to more episodes of of the key and they do all kinds of genre weird things like just it's and they all have a key in it but this one was an, an unusually designed key that's why the cop was. There's another right episode that is uh, has a, like a, a code key. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm assuming this key had the words Deus ex machina inscribed <laughs> on it. <laughs> Important evidence. Don't lose. <laughs> well, can you pass the meat? <laughs> God, I wish. Why don't we ever have food at our recordings? It soaks up the beer. <laughs> I mean, I can make chewy noises if... Well, I want food. I don't want chewy noises. One last thing that struck me, and this is not a dig at this episode because it comes up a lot in old-time radio, but because uh, there wasn't good storytelling going on to distract me in this one, (laughs) I zeroed in on it, and that's that he was sentenced to death and he was going to be executed a week later, right? (laughs) Which made me go, wait, was... The time lapse between sentencing and the carrying out of the execution ever that short. So I did go down a little rabbit hole, and I couldn't find information that went back any earlier than 1982. Oh. But in 1982, the average lapse in time between the sentence and the execution was six and a half years. And wow. in 2022, it was over 18 years. Wow. Reminds me of that I Love a Mystery story, Guy on Death Row. It was the last episode of one of their series, and he got a stay of execution for one night Oh yeah, so that he could hear the final wrap-up of whatever series that was. Hoping it'd go another 18 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they were just like, you're sentenced to be executed, and they just took care of it there in the courtroom. <laughs> Judge just <laughs> shot him. Just shot him. <laughs> what if? The last words. I appeal. <laughs> <laughs> what other uh, caveats do you want to point out, Joshua? Uh, the last thing I will say is I I do love the prosecutor's argument to his wife at the table. We're like, well, <laughs> oh there has to be a prosecutor. There has to be a defense attorney. There has to be a murderer. He was going to break out singing. It's a circle of life. <laughs> it's like it doesn't really have to be. I, I get what you're saying, but he just painted it, it like it was like... it was out of his control. He no was one's born murdered this... anyone in the last two years. I better step up. <laughs> While he was saying it, he was holding his wife under the armpits over a cliff. <laughs> you ready to vote? Sure. You start. My vote is lock the door and throw away the key. <laughs> uh, like I said earlier, it's the kind of um, bad radio show that I certainly find entertaining. It, it was perplexing. 
it's bad. It's not well written. I, I, I keep trying to back off of it, um, but I found it really entertaining, and, and I will give this gentleman the credit that it, I think he was trying something different. I, you know, I don't know if there's some sort of um, cultural barrier here. It's, it's Australian. I, I don't understand. <laughs> Cross my mind They're as well. Confused. Like, I mean, they have a hard time figuring Australians out. Australians find this hilarious. You know, mammals? Do they lay eggs or have live births? They're very confused over there. Uh, but. Uh, it was entertaining for 30 minutes, but not n- not a great one. I uh, came into this thinking, oh, that was decent. That was great, you know, and now I hate it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's full of terrible loopholes. But overall, I seriously, the plot is not groundbreaking, but it's also not ridiculous. And I kind of liked falsely accused of a crime and you find out that the guy that did it is the guy that's prosecuting him you know classic trope yeah yeah i like that and i didn't think the acting was bad and i thought but listening to you guys i realized well there's a lot of big giant holes in this well (laughs) here's my vote then right it is a classic of the key (laughs) (laughs) would you say this is the favorite episode of the key you've heard oh yes by far uh, I would say this episode has really only one flaw, but it's an important one uh, that the scene should go together to form one story. <laughs> <laughs> if you could overlook that, it's pretty good. <laughs> if this were a thematically linked short story collection, yeah. it would be great. Right, like a perfect day for a banana fish or something, right? Like it's just a series of random things. Um, that is really honestly my opinion of it. If I was really amazed by the first scene, that that's domestic scene. It's like, this is so interesting. The Like I said, the defense attorney sort of musing about having people witness in public a, a, a murder trial, um, just sort of grizzly like that. And just the defense attorney in general, like just what a weird, bad attorney he was. There was so much in this that fascinated me that I just wish there was a story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't even know this, this stands the test of time, although it is, it's as good now as it was then, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it stands the test of time, Bass Ackwardsley. Yeah. Tim, tell him more stuff. Hey, if you enjoyed this, what is wrong with you? Uh, please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. You can let us know what you thought of this episode. You can listen to other episodes. Let us know what you thought of those. You can vote in polls. You can uh, visit our our swag store, buy some uh, mysterious old radio swag, maybe a t-shirt. Pantaloons. Pantaloons. <laughs> Uh, you can also uh, visit our, a link to our Patreon page. Yes, go to patreon.com slash the morals and become a member of the mysterious old radio listening society. You really should. We have so much fun with our patrons. Uh, we do a monthly Zoom happy hours where we get together and listen to old time radio and talk about it. It's great fun. I do a semi-monthly book club we have bonus podcasts you can stay at our house sign up in the next 24 hours and we will send you a strangely designed key (laughs) (laughs) that will ruin your short story (laughs) it'll get you into tim's house hey if you take a lot of baths (laughs) (laughs) if you'd like to see the mysterious old radio listening society theater company performing recreations of classic radio uh, drama or a lot of our own original work, 
we are performing somewhere on stage uh, monthly for a long time. Find out where we're performing, what we're performing, and how to get tickets. Just go to ghoulishdelights.com, and we'd love to see you. If you're not in our vicinity or can't make it, being a Patreon gets you access to the filming of our live shows. We so. should say filming or audio. Or audio, all right, of that's our right. spaces are, are filmable, but you will get some recorded document uh, that you can uh, <laughs> use to listen to our performance or see our performance or both. Some of it is just me leaving my recording on in the phone on my phone in my back pocket. <laughs> What's coming up next? Up next is your choice, I believe. Oh, right. We are going to be listening to, I believe, the first time to a man called X and the story of Storm Over the Alps. Until then, can you pass the meat? <laughs>